You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Burned, a true crime podcast combining the best of the stage. Now, speaking of the best, today, you guys, today is a really big deal because we have a true crime legend and a legend of the stage he is the creator of the obsessed network and he is the co-host of the wildly popular true crime obsessed theater people know and love him because he has many theater podcasts too including theater people broadway backstory he's a big fucking deal it's patrick hines hi girl hi Uh, how are you thank you for having me on your podcast i'm obsessed Thank you. Well, that is high praise coming from you because Obsessed is the name of your whole (laughs) freaking network, which is a big, humongous deal. Well, thanks, girl. I was just, we were just talking before we went live about your most recent podcast. Oh, my um, goodness. About the murder, the, what's his name? The Oh, Gary Heidnick. The the documentary Monster Preacher. Oh my, I mean, it is, it's that story that like is not well known. It's like this man who took like six women hostage prisoner in his basement for like months and months and months in Philadelphia, like in the eighties. It is bananas. Crazy story. I was just telling Patrick how I was dropping off my daughter at school, my beautiful three-year-old at school, as I'm listening to Patrick and Jillian talk about this man who, like, dismembers women and is, like, roasting their their ribs in the oven and feeding them to other women. It's so gross. It's a horrible, horrible story. But it's wildly entertaining. And speaking of wildly entertaining, my friend. Yeah. You guys are... You guys are going to be on a Broadway stage. Yeah, we are going to be the first podcast to ever play Broadway. Um, I can't even remember the date. It's April something. April twenty second. I have April twenty second. Oh my goodness, we were. It was slated for uh, June of last year, June of twenty twenty. Um, and of course everything got canceled, but yeah, we are playing Broadway. We are, I, I'm so, I don't even know what to say. I'm beside myself. Do you know? I mean, it's, it's come, it's April, 2022. So it's a little bit of a ways away. No, Do April, you know 2021. So it's like this. Oh no, you're right. 2022. Wait. dear. Oh my God, Blake, what is wrong with it's, me? I know it's crazy. The year what has passed, but it's April, me? 2022. Yeah, you're right. It didn't happen already. But do you know yet what 
crime you're going to talk about or like what we show you're going to do yet. yet. So the way that our podcast works, as you know, we recap true crime documentaries. So we are working with Discovery ID right now on maybe partnering with them on something or we had an idea of something, but we don't know exactly what yet. What we do know is we are hiring an actual Broadway director who <gasps> is going to help us incorporate like actual Broadway elements into the show. So we do our live show all over the country. We tour all the time. Yes, and I it's know. our standard like live show and it's so fun and it's great, but for Broadway, we wanted to make it more of a Broadway experience, um, and so we're actually bringing in some folks that can help us do that. Holy shit! Well, listen, yeah. April twenty twenty two, kids. Yeah, get your t- are tickets on sale yet? It's sold out. What, Patrick? I know, I know. Stay I tuned. Buy a ticket? Can I get a ticket? You are extend? on the list. You are okay, coming. I'm on the you list. are absolutely I'm on, the on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are. We might be adding a second show. We're, we're doing it at the Hayes Theater uh, with Second Stage. So they are. They've been so amazing and so like accommodating. And since we're the first podcast to ever play Broadway, we had to negotiate a whole contract sure. that will be like the contract that every podcast who ever plays Broadway in the future will will work under. So that's been a little bit. It's been a fun, exciting challenge. Challenge, okay, but so we, if Burnt ever comes to Broadway, I'll call your lawyers. Yeah, please yes. absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an upcoming episode that you're working on? I know the Alcatraz one that's coming out, yes, right? Yes, yeah, so then our next episode is called Escape to Alcatraz. So, uh, like I said, we, we recap true crime documentaries, and th- this documentary is about the indigenous people in San Francisco uh, in the 70s who decided, you know, Alcatraz is that island in San Francisco mm-hmm. Bay where it was the notorious prison for, like, 60 years, but then they shut the prison down, and, you know, back in the, you know, back in the day, 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 way back in the day, it was indigenous land. Uh, and so in the 1970s, the indigenous people decided to reclaim it and it's fucking awesome and they go out on a boat they take over Alcatraz for like a year um, trying to reclaim it for indigenous people and they get like the support of the world it's like such a cool it's such a cool story where is the documentary airing? Um, that is a, oh, it's ABC, it's Hulu. It was on Hulu because it okay. was like an ABC so News So everybody, production. if you want, if you if you haven't, which I'm sure if people are listening to this, they absolutely know True Crime Obsessed already, but if you haven't, if you're like the one person who doesn't know it, <laughs> go and watch Escape from Alcatraz and, or Escape to Alcatraz. Yeah, Escape, this escape is Escape. to Alcatraz. Yeah, 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 exactly. Listen, watch that, then go and watch Patrick and Jillian be hilarious and do the whole, burn the whole thing down. It's amazing. Burn it to the ground. Burn it to the ground. Okay. So today I asked Patrick to come here today to talk about some more scandals that have happened on the Broadway stage. Some of them are a little funnier than others. Um, Our first one is one of my favorite things that's ever happened on a Broadway stage. Are we Laponing right now? Yes, we're Laponing. We're going to Lapone Town. Now, let I need to make a disclaimer that I'm a humongous stand for Patty Lapone. Oh, so yes, don't ever same. come to me with any bullshit about Patty Lapone. She same. will always be the win winner. Yes, same, same, winner. same, same. Yeah. So this is a very notorious story. Patty Lapone. So good. It's so good. Okay. The background is January 10th, 2009. It is one of the final shows that Patty is playing in Gypsy. It's her second to last night at the St. James Theater. That's the setting. During her performance, click, 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 flash, flash, flash. During Rose's turn. Oh my God. Right? Of all things 
How dare you? I have one question for you, Blake. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Now, Alan, can we play a little bit of the clip, the famous clip? to your the Helen Hayes fucking stage <laughs> and say who do you think you are you are no friend of mine okay. no I you know like we're the opposite I want to come out like in a Patti LuPone wig and costume and like scream at people for not taking pictures mm, well listen <laughs> Patty is having absolutely none of it and so that's it legendary is- what's the, my favorite part is that a cell phone Picked it up, and that's what yes. made it so legendary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some bootlegger totally got the got totally, the, got the totally. story. It's okay, so, so crazy. But do you you know the aftermath story of it? Well, it, they it was like a re, they made a remix of it. Well, wait, but do you know who was taking the picture? Do you know the person? No. Who <gasps> oh my god, I'm gonna blow who your mind it? right now. I'm gonna blow your mind. Okay. <laughs> Bernadette Peters. It was Bernadette Peters. It was Bernadette, it was Bernadette Peters in the fucking house. And Glenn Close. The two of them were just yes. sitting there clicking totally. away. Okay, wait, wait for it. So do you remember a couple of, I think it was months later, there was this beautiful pictorial in New York Magazine of Patti LuPone's final week in Gypsy. It started with her. Do you remember this? No. Okay, it was, it started with her the pictorial essay was her in her bed re- reading her cell phone, and it took the reader through a series of beautiful photographs through her final couple of shows in Gypsy. Do you see where oh I'm going God. with this? Uh-huh. So, cut to the brilliant photographer, Jillian Laub, is in the audience. <gasps> snap, snap snapping pictures and Patty Lapone throws her out the show no so wait it was a sanctioned photo shoot yes it was New York magazine <laughs> what so did the did the woman explain it as she's being dragged out of the theater she does not until years later it's no. like a, yes it's a hidden it's like Broadway's best hidden secret Oh my God, I had no idea that is the greatest story I heard about ever. it first from the press agent that they bring her back, that she's freaking out. She's like crying hysterically, the, the photographer, as you would be. Could of you course. imagine Patty LuPone? If Patty LuPone said no. to me, can you move out of my way? I would break into yeah. hysterics. Yeah, 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 totally. screaming at me in front of a thousand people. Totally. She's crying. She brings her backstage. Now, years later, Jillian on Instagram, this is what she has to say. 
I was on assignment for New York Magazine to photograph Patti LuPone's last Gypsy performance. I came in the day before to scout the theater and figure out timing. I was mistaken for an audience member. Patti stopped the show mid-song and started screaming in the top five most mortifying experiences. When she realized afterwards it was me, she was just as mortified. She called me later that night to apologize. Hashtag Patti LuPone. Oh my god, I've never heard that story. Well, now you know. I'll tell you, one of my first theater going experiences in New York, I went to see Golda's Balcony with Tova Felchew um, mm. at a Wednesday matinee, and we weren't we were not 30 seconds in. And the like the lights come down, it opens with her like at a table smoking and there's like a thunderstorm, and she's like giving her monologue and she just goes Stop! Stop the show! Who is taking pictures? You! You, sir, in the second row. She starts pointing somebody out. She leaves the stage. The house lights come up. The ushers rush in, and the people in the seats are ratting each other out. Miss Felchu was pointing at him! Miss Felchu was pointing at him! (laughs) The queens were there to rat out their own. It was unbelievable. Well, I mean, cell phones and the theater have, I mean, not everybody is a podcaster who's like, you know, is going to to come totally. in and be like, take my picture. So we Make all get it. Everyone famous. hates cell phones. Yeah. Do you remember when Lin-Manuel Miranda like ratted out Madonna? Yeah, wouldn't let her come back to say hi. No, he was like, get the fuck out of my show. You're on your cell phone. But then the, uh, is it Jeremy O'Harris? Is he the one who wrote Slave Play? Yes. And yes. he was saying that like Rihanna. it was fine that Rihanna was on her phone. She's he like, said She's Rihanna my queen. can do whatever the fuck she wants. Which, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't disagree. But then yeah. wait, Patty comes back years later She's in another show. Yes, she yes. grabs in character. Yeah. This is why I will always stand for Patty Lapone. If I ever get totally. a fucking tattoo, it will say, I love Lapone. In character, <laughs> walks off the stage, grabs a woman's cell phones, and continues the show. Yes, puts it in her own pocket and yes. walks away. It's unbelievable. Like, wow. it's unbelievable. Unreal. Well,. That's an amazing scandal. I can't believe you didn't know that it was the photographer, but now you know. No. Oh, my goodness. That's a crazy story. Can you imagine? No. I would have been hysterical. I would have been sobbing. I would have been beside myself. And they're all screaming. And if you I I mean, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this podcast (laughs) has listened to that a bajillion times. But they're screaming and yelling, There's a remix of it. I mean, if you're like ratting on... If you're ratting on your seatmate because of Tova felt you, imagine if it's Patty fucking LaPone. Oh, forget it. In, oh. her, in her final performance, in her final Gypsy, forget it. Forget it. turn, nothing's worse. <laughs> no. Anywho, okay, so the second scandal that we're going to talk about yeah. is whoosh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, my God. I have another small connection to this story. Oh, no. Why? Yeah. Well, it's not like it's not a real connection. But like, you know, what came first? Like the orphans thing came first and then the Arrested Cabaret. Yes. Yes. I worked for this little company, which shall remain nameless. But this one of the guys who worked at the company, like ran like the bar at the um, at Studio 54 or wherever, wherever it was playing. Studio 54. Yeah. yeah, he kept the credit card receipt that Shia LaBeouf signed the night that he got arrested. And, you know, you can't, there, like, there's no information, there's no usable information. Like, there's no, not, but not I would hang it up in my house. It's like he a piece had of it. Yeah, totally. And the thing is, Shia LaBeouf tipped a hundred percent on his bill. His bill was like <gasps> okay. seventy four fifty, and he tipped seventy four fifty. All right. 
right. All right. That's yeah. a little bit of a redeeming quality. Good for you, Shia LaBeouf. Good tip. Yeah. I'll take it. I mean, totally. maybe don't go <laughs> then get dragged out of a Broadway house. No. And I'm not, maybe not no. that part, but the good tipping part I'm And then cry on the sidewalk? Like, girl, get it together. It's a lot. Okay, so. He's dealing with some definite, like, mental health situations. Yeah, this is a lot. This is very, a lot of darkness around this Shia LaBeouf. But anyway, it provided yeah. a bit of entertainment while it happened. And uh, yeah. 2013. So 2013 comes around and it's also very reminiscent of the Jeremy Piven of it all, which is what oh we talked my about God, last episode yes. when he left Speed the Plow. It's like these very famous or these like flash in the pan famous actors who are probably who are amazing actors, but they get this Hollywood about them and then they come yeah. to Broadway and they have these like epic meltdowns. And that's yeah. not how we do it on the Broadway. No. Or like Faye Dunaway. Remember when Faye Dunaway was fired a yes. couple of years ago? Yes. For beating, for beating up a stagehand or some shit. <laughs> yes. But like Shia LaBeouf was like, you know, I was just reading a story about this a minute ago to like prepare for this. He was saying his whole MO in Orphans was to come in like he was he said he was he came in method so he I don't I don't know the play I didn't see it but like I guess his character is supposed to be intimidating the Alec Baldwin character he said he was sleeping in the park he yes. was coming in all he wanted to do was intimidate Alec Baldwin he was following him home he was stalking the guy crazy right okay so yeah. the backstory is they have it's this show orphans it's Shia LaBeouf Alec Baldwin and Tom Sturridge who I didn't really know but I at the time I think he was dating Sienna, Sierra Miller and that's why oh, I was yeah. like oh he's hot okay yeah, yeah 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 it's this show from the 80s Alec Baldwin's like this mobster rich guy and these two brothers one was supposed to be Shia LaBeouf and the other one was Tom Sturridge they kidnap the Alec Baldwin character um, to get money right so they're in rehearsals and as you say, Shia LaBeouf is crazy method acting, not sleeping, yeah. following Alec Baldwin home, which is insane. Yeah. And it all started, which is kind of funny that the way this all started, this this epic meltdown started because Shia LaBeouf was like off book and Alec Baldwin wasn't off book. It's right. so silly. <laughs> the toxic masculinity of it all. It's a lot. It's like a lot of fragile, white, rich. Yes. Famous totally people. Like, men, yeah. how dare you not be on off book for me, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then rat-a-tat-tat, a couple of, like, emails fly back and forth about, like, fuck you, fuck you, you get on book or some shit. And they end up, <laughs> it's so stupid. And they end up firing LaBeouf. So fine, every, you know, creative differences is the line of the day, they say, and he leaves the show. Now cut to a month later, Alec Baldwin does a Vulture interview where yes. he talks a whole bunch of shit about Shia LaBeouf <laughs> in the most like privileged rich famous white guy quote this is what yeah. Alec Baldwin has to say which sets Shia LaBeouf off <laughs> some of the greatest movie actors had really serious theater careers and still do and many film actors though are purely film actors they're kind of like celebrity chefs you hand them the ingredients they whip it up and they cook it and they put it on the plate and they want a round of applause in the theater <laughs> we don't just cook the food and serve it and that's what set Shia LaBeouf off. It's like, give me a fucking break. Oh, my God, you guys. It's like, I mean, like you said, just like the the privilege of it all. Like, like, can you just, can you just, can you just learn your lines and do the show and understand how great, like, how grateful you should be? Right. Well, it was such a fucking disaster for both of them. Shia LaBeouf never came back to Broadway. And Alec Baldwin never came back to Broadway. So, Is that right? Yeah. 
I mean, Alec so, Baldwin, God God love him. I mean, like, he he's had so many epic flubs in the last couple of years. Like, he just can't, he just can't do or say the right thing to save his life. Well, what's crazy <laughs> is that, like, a few years before, you know, Alec Baldwin's all, like, clutching his pearls over not being treated correctly by Shia LaBeouf. Now, granted, I'm not sure I would want my, my co-worker following me home from right. the job, but... yeah. Alec Baldwin, if you remember, Alec Baldwin left, or Jan Maxwell, left an off-Broadway show that she was in, in with Alec Baldwin in 2009, the late, great Jan Maxwell. Oh my, because there Alec is Baldwin nobody better than Jan Maxwell. Punched a fucking hole in the wall. So Alec anyone, Baldwin did? Yes, and that's why Jan Maxwell left her, left her show. So it's like, if anybody could give baby a little slack to some young, crazy, hepped up, like, actor, it yeah. should be Alec Baldwin. Well, and then Shia LaBeouf said later that, like, after he got out of prison for his, like, his, like, shenanigans at Cabaret, Alec Baldwin was the first one to write him an email and say, like, it's going to be okay, man. Like, I've been there, too. It's just, it's so absurd, all of it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So after he blows up, after he goes, he gets, gets thrown out for, quote, creative differences, he's pissed off that Alec Baldwin said this stupid garbage and vulture, and he goes on a Twitter rampage. Remember when Twitter rampages were a thing? Yeah, totally. The good old days? So My he goes God. on a Twitter rampage, and he leaks all of these silly emails between Shia and Alec Baldwin oh, and Dan right. Sullivan, the, the acclaimed director, yeah. basically like Dan Sullivan placating both of these idiots. Yeah. It's just so silly. Then cut to, as you said, Shia LaBeouf goes to Cabaret, the great revival at Studio 54. Yeah. My favorite part is Bench. Pasek was in the audience and was t- live tweeting it while it was happening. He like, was? Yes. Oh my God. He apparently he grabs um, Alan Cummings's ass. Yeah. Like, he got drunk and uh, $74 worth of booze. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a single. I was going to say, it's not yeah. that much, but okay. No. He yeah. gets drunk or high or whatever he was. Goes crate nuts a cabaret. Cabaret of all fucking things. <laughs> Gets th- dr- dragged out of the theater in handcuffs. He gets charged with one count of trespassing and one count of one count of criminal trespass and harassment in the second degree. Crazy. And spends the night in jail. 
spends the night in just Shia LaBeouf. Get like get some help, sweetheart. Like for I feel like he just needs. For I know. Ray Patrick. I know. I will say that show is a party. I can see. I can see getting a little hammered at cabaret. But listen, keep, we've like, all we've all we've all had our nights where you get a, those. You know, you get the little plastic clinky cups and you totally. have a good time. I'm all for it. But, but seventy four dollars worth of booze. Keep your yeah. hands to yourself. Don't get. I mean, of all the places, out of cabaret, getting th- getting dragged out in handcuffs. My word. I know. <laughs> Shia, you have scandalized my friend Blake. This is unacceptable. <laughs> my word. Uh, well, $74 then, in booze at cabaret is not that much booze. Nothing. Just, yeah. Nothing. But he's, you know, he goes on to have very sordid past. And, and he, then like, he, he gets he sued like by his ex-girlfriend. Movie. He, he did a porn movie? Yeah, he did yes. a movie called, um, what was it called? I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, has, like, real sex. Like, Where he has like, real sex on camera. Then he yeah. did a weird art installation. Yes. He went on to plagiarize his, he did a big apology thing with Alec Baldwin and Dan Sullivan where he plagiarizes his whole fucking apology. (laughs) He, in a very dark twist, recently he was, he gets sued by FKA Twigs who sued him for like being abusive during their relationship. Like he's not a great guy. He's got like lots of demons. Yeah, yeah. Lots of dark demons. But that was an interesting day at Playbill. I was like, I can't remember the last time someone got arrested at a Broadway theater. And Benj Pasek was there for the whole, that's amazing. Interesting. Speaking, okay, this is our last scandal. Oh my God, I didn't know anything about this and then I read the whole article. This is very, um, this is very true crime obsessed. And so that's why I picked this Yeah, I can't believe there's been a documentary about this. Yes, Uh, right? There maybe should be. Now, most of this is taken from a great article that Jeremy Gerard, the great Jeremy Gerard, wrote in 1988. It is called... The Life and Death of a Broadway Producer. Oh, hold on. I'm just pulling it up. But it is about Norman Keene. Now, Norman Keene was the producer of O Calcutta, which if you're a youngin listening to this, you might not know about it. But O Calcutta is, was a humongous hit. Like it ran for almost 20 years on Broadway. Yeah. It's still one of, like, the longest-running shows. And it was, like, a review-type thing. People got naked. It was, like, a very salacious sports-time type of show, right? So Norman Keene was sort of – was that producer. He saw it from its infancy, and that was his big claim to fame. He had his actress wife. He had an apartment on Riverside Drive. They had a summer home in Montauk. He was, like, the typical – fancy schmance or trying to be fancy schmance Broadway producer type. Um, and then this again from the from the uh, Jeremy Gerard article, I'll start reading a little bit because it's a little crazy what ends up happening. So it's tra- so bananas. Bananas, right? So as they so this is what Jeremy writes. Try as they might, however, the Keens never achieved more than peripheral artistic success in the unforgivingly competitive world of New York theater. Remember, this is in the eighties. Yeah. The late eighties. Growing older, they settled for the more mundane rewards of society and economic security, a compromise that exacted a devastating toll on Mr. Keene's self-respect. Now, he was married to, I think her name is pronounced Guida Dunhow. She was a actress of her day. She was in a movie with like Tony Curtis. She was in, she replaced for a couple of people on Broadway. So she was the actress 
not of like humongous acclaim, but still a well-known actress of her day. And he was this producer of a really successful show. So that's like sort of setting the stage. Yeah. Um, as you get deeper into this article, and I'll I'll post it in the show notes because it's a really good article if you're into that yeah. kind of stuff. So Jeremy goes on to say he could never be certain whether people considered him a good soldier or a buffoon, a word used repeatedly. So he's setting the stage for Norman and, and Guida as this sort of a bit of a golden couple of, of the town, the society type people but perhaps not as golden as Mr. Keene would like. So this is another part of the article. He writes, last spring, two things happened that probably ruined Norman Keene's resilience. He became head of a theater advisory committee at a nonprofit theater in the Hamptons. They brought in the show Silver Fox and he wanted to bring it to Broadway and they told him he couldn't because it was like some nonprofit to commercial gobbledygook and they were like, forget about it. During the same period, uh, the producer learned that Guida, the wife, was having an affair, which I imagine was, so he, most of this, most of the the impetus for what happens next, which is really crazy. So Norman Keene, is in his apartment on Riverside Drive. He sends his 14-year-old son off to school. He promptly stabs his wife in the back, in her, like, lingerie, in her bedroom. Yeah. She's dead. He closes the door. The maid comes in. For hours the maid is there. hours and cleans the house. But doesn't go into the bedroom because she knows the lady of the house likes to sleep late. Yes, she knows the lady of the house. I mean, this is a a moment of time if it's anything. So the lady of the house (laughs) is sleeping slash murdered in the bedroom. Dead. Norman Keene is still in the apartment. He hands, after the cleaning lady cleans the whole place, he hands the cleaning lady $150 and a bunch of notes and stuff and sends her on her way. Bye, thanks for cleaning the house. Oh. He then scrambles on top of his building to the roof, takes his glasses off, and jumps into the courtyard below. A doorman finds Mr. Keene's body. That That is so unfair to the doorman. Correct. Can you? I mean, of all the things. No, I mean, I know. My ugh. God. In a courtyard, right? Ugh. So crazy. And then the son comes home and finds the mom. I mean, nobody I mean, thought to check. I know. I looked up the son. Though he was fourteen years old, I tried to figure out what happened to him. So There's did no I. information. I couldn't like, find. I think it, his name is a little too generic yeah. to really find. And like this was the '80s, so this whole yeah. internet trail didn't necessarily follow the son. But crazy. This. So Norman and Guida, they met in Summerstock. They had like a what was in all. Like, by all reports, a pretty good marriage. And then she started cheating on him. And he sent a private investigator to follow her around. I mean, it gets, like, a bordering on obsessive. He sounds like he, like, completely went unhinged, obviously. And then murdered his wife. And the big note that he left was, like, please make sure O'Calcutta keeps running. Yes! Not, like, please make sure that my son is taken care of. And, no! You know what I mean? His suicide <laughs> note was about O'Calcutta. Can you imagine? 
No. And I feel like it did keep running. I feel like what I read was that, like, it kept running for years after that. It ran for, like, almost 20 years. So it was, like, a... Yeah. crazy town crazy town I just I can't believe I've of all my years doing theatery podcasty true crimey stuff I can't believe I never heard that story I never knew that story well now you know and another person that was in this Jeremy Gerard and this is very very deep dive Broadway but Paul Libin the great yeah. legend yes I in interviewed him yeah <laughs> I know oh my god I, when I interviewed Paul Libin for the Broadway backstory episode about uh, Fun Home and he, I went into his office. He had like so many Tony Awards that some were on the floor. He had like, yes. they were all like on like a mantle and then there wasn't enough room for all the Tonys. So they were like on the floor while he was trying to find another place to put them. Yes. Paul Libin is, Paul Libin is lots of things. He is an absolute yeah. legend. And apparently he lived in Norman Keene's building. I mean, crazy. Yeah. yeah. He oh. was one of the only people in the article that had nice things to say about Norman Keene. Right? I know. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, to murder your wife and then take your own life and then leave your 14-year-old kid. Like, that is just wow. And to say, please make sure my show keeps running. I know. I know. I know. It's just a lot. Imagine you're in the cast of that show and you find out that night. Like, what? (laughs) Bizarre, right? I can't remember Mm -hmm. if there's been enough. Listen, anybody out there who's listening, if you know of any other murders that happened in and around Broadway, let me know, but I can't really think of any. I mean, we're usually very docile people. I know. I feel like if we go back to like the 20s, I bet we'd find a lot back then. I'm sure that was a crazy time. I'm sure there's some showgirls buried underneath 7th Avenue somewhere. (laughs) Well, Patrick, thank you for bringing some true crime scandals to Brent. I love Thank it. you so much for having me. This is so fun. I am obsessed with you. I'm so glad you're doing this. This is a podcast that we need, you guys. Yes. And so make sure you check out, if you haven't already, check out The Rest of Burn to get a crazy-ass story about Rebecca, the craziest yes. scandal that, one of the craziest scandals that Broadway has ever seen besides, you know, murdering your wife, which is pretty fucking crazy. Yes. And yeah. if you haven't already, Patrick is going to... Make another fucking show on Broadway so that people can actually buy tickets. <laughs> Me included. We are we're gonna try to get we're gonna try to add a second show for True Come Obsessed on Broadway. We're gonna try. Okay. And you're gonna promise me that you're gonna come out. Who do you think you are? Turn your cameras on, take your picture. Who do you think you are not taking my picture? Exactly. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Blake. For sources and more information on the Rebecca scandal, visit bpn.fm slash BERT. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.